We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. You're on for everything Lakers. In today's podcast, I'm going to take a look and break down where the Lakers might rank in the Western Conference and who some of their bigger uh, rivals or contenders might be to knock the Lakers off or potentially stop the Lakers from making a finals push. But before we get into all of that, quick reminder, folks, please do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Make sure you guys subscribe to the LakersNation.com podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to your podcast. But in today, yeah, like I mentioned in today's show, I'm going to take a look at some of the Lakers Western Conference, like the teams we're going to be contending with, because the West is loaded this year, and you can make a legitimate case that there are 11 teams in the West this year that have a legitimate shot at making a playoff push. And I think there are maybe not 11 teams, but there are about eight teams in the West that I think they believe if all things go right. They could make a finals push even. I think the Lakers are one of those eight teams. So let's take a look at the Western Conference currently. And uh, last season, top eight, to remind you all, was Denver, the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Timberwolves. And then 9, 10, 11 was the Thunder, the Pelicans, and the Mavericks. Um, Obviously, the top dog is the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets. They lose Bruce Brown in the offseason. That's the biggest uh, loss. That's probably the biggest thing that's happened to Denver all summer was them losing Bruce Brown to Indiana on a pretty massive contract uh, for the Pacers uh, paying Bruce Brown. But on for Denver, and I think the Lakers are better positioned to beat Denver this year. One, because, I mean, Jamal Murray has shown that he's a playoff riser, but to the extent that he shot the ball last year was insane. And it's kind of a like do it again type of attitude. And like I said, I think the Lakers have more offensive firepower to combat potential Jamal Murray playoff, you know, flurry, if you will. Um, I, I mean, but they, they're still really, really well constructed, right? You have the best two-man game in the NBA in terms of like offensive engine in Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. You have a really good two really really good wings and uh, well three if you want to count KCP KCP Aaron Gordon and and uh, Michael Porter Jr. They're they're counting a lot on Christian Brown development as well. But I do think the Lakers are a better positioned to combat their their the Denver Nuggets this year. 
Gabe Benson bringing him in. You bring in Torian Prince. You bring in Christian Wood, who's a big addition. Just because I think there is some upside. I'm going to talk about this in a later video. I do think there is some off-ball upside defensively to try to tap into uh, Christian Wood, getting the most of the Christian Wood defensively. But we're going to put the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to add a banner here to the screen. But we're we're going to put the uh, the Denver Nuggets into Tier A. Tier A is teams that they're the top dogs in the West uh, teams that are either on the Lakers level, maybe even better than the Lakers. I think the Nuggets right now are the odds-on favorite right now, but I think they are Tier A, Tier A of teams that the Lakers definitely uh, have to worry about or they're going to have to go through Denver to get to the title. We could go to the number, to the second team, just go in order here. The Memphis Grizzlies are a team that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. I do still think the Lakers kind of match up pretty well with the Nuggets. I think the Lakers got better. Uh, I, I do think that, like, like I mentioned, Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood, you bring in Jackson Hayes. I think, sure, you know, the the Lakers, part of their defense was letting Dylan Brooks shoot bad shots, and it worked, right? But I think the Lakers might be better positioned to guard John Morant this year with Max Christie potentially getting more minutes. You bring in Gabe Vincent. You have Austin still. Vanderbilt, I thought, did a, a serviceable job on him last year. And then if even if it's not John Morant, I think that you have uh, with Desmond Bain. Austin Reeves has shown he could do a really, really good job at guarding uh, John, excuse me, guarding Desmond Bain. So I'm going to go ahead and put the Grizzlies right now in tier B. This is a team that's going to be really, really good. The Lakers are going to have to going to worry about them a little bit, but I just don't think that the Lakers, I think the Lakers are just a better team right now than the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, let's keep the train going and let's go to the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings, they were a really, really fun team last season. They won the 48 games of the regular season, put up a ton of points. But I just I, I I'm nervous about the Kings from the standpoint of they're gonna put up a bunch of points, but in a seven-game playoff series, I don't know how Sabotis is gonna fare against Anthony Davis. I don't know how Darren Fox would fare against a seven-game series of Lakers have court defense and the coaching staff having a really, really good game plan for Darren Fox. So for that reason, I'm going to say the Kings are in tier D. They're amongst the teams that I'm kind of the least concerned about from the standpoint of, okay, if it's a seven-game series, I really, really like my odds with the Sacramento Kings. Not to disrespect them at all, but like when I did my scouting for the Kings last season, uh, potential scouting, like if it was the Kings in the second round as opposed to Golden State, I want to say I had the Lakers winning that series in five. I was that confident about a Lakers King series. They have really, really good shooting, but I just don't fear that Kings team until they can show me that they can play competent defense. I don't think they have enough star power offensively minus a Keegan Murray blow-up season. Let's move on to the next team. Let's go to the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns <laughs> might be the most overrated team in basketball, but they have a ton of firepower, man. Like Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, that's a that's a ton of stuff to worry about for Darvin Ham and the Lakers. And, you know, I, I think 
how they have to play it is, you know, Bando, you'll probably take KD or Devin Booker. I'm going to lean more towards KD. I think KD's the better isolation scorer. And I think that's where Vanderbilt thrives at. Okay, so now we're asking Austin Reeves to guard uh, Devin Booker. And now we're probably asking D'Angelo Russell to guard Bradley Beal. So in terms of, like, match or lineup, like, consistency, this is the series that I think the Lakers would have to get the most creative with their lineups. Where, honestly, like, the best lineup to combat that might be, like, an Austin, Max Christie, slash Torian Prince, LeBron, Vando, AD lineup. That might be your best lineup against the Phoenix Suns. We play them second game of the year, so I hope we get to see one of those two lineups in action. But, you know, my thoughts on this Suns team really comes down to how good can Frank Vogel get DeAndre Aiden to be. Because DeAndre Aiden... It's the key to that Suns team having a top 20 defense. Because if DeAndre Aiden, who had a really, really bad season last year on both ends of the floor, is anything close to what he was last year, this Suns team is going to be a first-round exit because they just can't guard. Booker tries. Katie's kind of good off the ball. But, like, there's just not enough there for me to put any confidence into that Suns team. And... Frank Vogel is a great defensive coach. Kevin Young is a phenomenal offensive coach. And I think we'll see the Suns offense in a better spot than it was post Kevin Durant trade last season, giving Kevin Young a full off season, a full training camp, et cetera, kind of get that Suns team ready. So I, I get why there's some concern there with the Suns. Again, like I talked about, the lineup stuff for the Lakers might be a little bit interesting. So I am really intrigued to see how they handle that the second game of the year. But for right now, I, I can't put the Suns anywhere higher than tier B in the Western Conference because I just don't trust the Suns to be able to guard. And historically speaking, you need a top 12 defense to win a championship outside of the 2000 and 2001 Lakers that had Shaq and Kobe, which... Those guys are pretty, pretty good, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, that team was better defensively than the regular season stats indicate because uh, I want to say it was Derek Fisher who got hurt. And when Fish got back, it completely changed. Correct me in the comments down below if I got the injury wrong. And then last year's Denver Nuggets team that just happens to have the best player on the planet, arguably, in Jokic. And even then, they were like the 15th best defense. So essentially, you need a top 15 defense in the NBA uh, to win a championship, top 12. If you want to get more specific, every year dating back to like 1990, except those two seasons. And I just have zero confidence that the Suns are going to be a top 12 to 15 defense, which is what's going to take to win a championship. Uh, let's let's. I guess we can continue going in chronological chronological order. And that's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers are more of a like a pain because we haven't beaten them in a while. But if I'm going to be completely honest with you, man, like I genuinely don't fear the Clippers as much as I do anymore. Part of the reason is because a, I know that there's going to be some injury concerns there, but also the Clippers, the appeal of the Clippers once upon a time was they have all the wing depth. They had Kawhi, they had PG, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, etc. Now, the Lakers have as much, if not potentially more wing depth. LeBron, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, Max Christie, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, 
Maxwell Lewis, if you want to go even further. The Lakers have the wing depth now to keep up with the, the bigger wings of the Clippers to where you don't even need LeBron to really guard those guys. You can play a bit bigger and have Vando, Torian, Prince, Max Christie, one, or you know any combination of those guys step up and maybe have to take some more of a responsibility defensively. So I'm going to put the Clippers in tier C. I think this is a team that on any given night can look like a contender in the West, but I just don't have a ton of confidence in that Clippers team anymore. I think they missed their window. And I definitely think the Clippers are worse than the three teams, well, including the Lakers, now four teams ranked ahead of the Clippers uh, in this tier list, if you will, breaking down the Western Conference. So, so far, we got Tier A, the Nuggets, Tier B, the Grizzlies and the Suns, Tier C, the Clippers, and Tier D, the Kings. Comment down below where you guys think these five teams would rank thus far and where the Lakers are in those uh, amongst these top five teams from last year. But let's keep this train going. Let's talk about the team that the Lakers beat in the second round last year, the Golden State Warriors, and how they match up with the Warriors. I think the Warriors are um, my my level of optimism. If I'm a Warriors fan, kind of varies. or I don't even want to phrase it that way. My fear of the Warriors varies depending on one of what they do with the starting line what they do with chris paul in particular if they start chris paul my fear for the warriors goes dram- dramatically down because you're taking size off the floor inherently because you're not taking stuff off the floor they're not benching clay benching clay uh draymond's gonna have to be on the floor still i imagine they're gonna keep starting wiggins so there's their starting five it's like steph cp clay wiggs and draymond and if that's the case, the Warriors are like in tier C, maybe even tier D with the Kings because that's way too small. And even the Lake, the Lakers current starting five of D'Lo, Austin project. The D'Lo, Austin, I don't know, Braun, Rui AD, or Braun Bando AD even, is going to eat against that Warriors lineup because you're asking guys to play one above their size because now Clayton Thompson is either the primary defender for LeBron James or the primary defender for Rui Hachimura. And Clay, at this stage of his career, the biggest fall off that has happened post ACL and post Achilles injury is his one on one perimeter defense. And that is barbecue chicken. I think we saw that in the conference semifinals when the Warriors and Lakers did match up. Is the Lakers, when they attack Clay and they attack Steph, that's recipe for success. And now you're putting a smaller, less impactful player on the floor. And Chris Paul, comparatively speaking, to Steph Curry, next to Steph Curry. So now Steph has to burn more energy. Or you're putting CP on Austin Reeves. So there's just nowhere to hide Steph now. Where maybe you don't truly hide Steph on D'Lo. But you might have been able to you know, conserve Steph's energy a little bit more if he was in the starting line by himself with Clay. Um, and also you're taking rebounding off the floor. We all know how big Kevon Looney was on the boards for them in that series. So not only are the Warriors going to get dominated defensively, meaning, you know, LeBron, Rui, AD gets a, gets a matchup on Austin even to a certain extent. Hell, D'Lo, why not? 
The Lakers are going to kill them on the glass. LeBron, AD, Rui, whoever it is, the 3-4-5, they should eat on the boards. And I, I think Darvin Ham did a really nice job against Steve Kerr coaching-wise in the Western Conference semis last year. So if if you're starting Chris Paul, which I think is the rumor, this team is like bottom of Tier C with the Clippers. I actually think I'll do that, bottom of Tier C with the Clippers. There's enough respect for Steph there to where I'm like, okay, I, I mean, they're a threat, right? Steph and Clay, they can still go off at any time. But I think the Lakers, especially in the regular season and even the playoffs, I think the Lakers might be even more equipped to just shut down their playoff offense. The Lakers know how to game plan for the Warriors now. Um, and I'm not really concerned about a Warriors-Lakers you know, playoff rematch. Um, and like I said, if anything, the only reason why I'm not putting them in tier D is the Stephen Curry factor. Um, now, once again, if you can guarantee me that the starting lineup is what it should be, and it's like Steph, Clay, Wiggs, Draymond, Looney, with Chris Paul coming off the bench, this is probably a low tier B team because then the defense is better. Chris Paul is coming off the bench in a lower or like a less significant role where he gets to pick his spots even more. He gets to raise the ceiling of guys like Jonathan Kaminga and help guys like Moses Moody develop off the bench. You're inserting him to that starting five. That that team is just way too small. All right. Next up is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I, I, I'm starting to see the light. Trevor's on vacation. Uh, I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. So if you are expecting Trevor, I apologize. But the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm going to project, and I'm going to put this team probably higher than I should, but this team fully healthy, I'm not going to lie. I mean, and I'm I'm indicating this based off where I'm putting them at, but like, I'm a little bit more scared of the Timberwolves than I am of the other three teams. And, and I, okay, I don't want to say scared, but I have a little bit more worry about the Timberwolves than I do the Clippers or the Warriors or the Kings. First off, I'm projecting the the Anthony Edwards year, what, four leap. Um, the biggest leap, I think, is just, just continuing his development as a shot maker and as a playmaker uh, in live live uh, dribble scenarios for him. Um, you get in the full year of Mike Conley, you're getting Jaden McDaniels back, and I think Jaden McDaniels has a legitimate argument for being the best perimeter defender in basketball right now. It's like, it's him. It's Alex Caruso. Drew Holiday de- deserves a mention. Uh, and, I guess Matisse Seibel. But like, those are like the crop. OG Adenobis up there. Those are the like, f- the few of few of few of the rarest of the rare. And Jay McDaniels is, is awesome. And I'm going to be quite frank with you. That Denver-Minnesota series is probably closer if Jay McDaniels is able to play. Uh, Chris Finch is a good coach. Um, they got to figure out the Gobert and Towns fit. And you got to see that year four, like, continued progression and development from Anthony Edwards. Because if those things are the case, the Timberwolves could actually be like a top four team in the West, which is where Trevor, I think, projected in the B standings wise. So I- I'm I'm going to put the Timberwolves here. Maybe this backfires on me, and I hope it does. I hope the Timberwolves stink next year so I don't have to worry about them, but this team ha- has some some nice pieces, and it's just about can the 
upside and the potential play itself out. And if it does, uh, this team is going to be really, really, really good. I'm actually going to reorder this tier really quick. So it's actually going to be Suns, Grizzlies, Timberwolves. I'm going to give the Suns a slight nod because they do have the firepower. Um, so I'll give it to them. Let's move on to the next team is the Oklahoma City Thunder, my Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm saying my because I am uh, very, very high on them. They're going to be Tier C right behind the Warriors. It's a really, really good team. Uh, they're a team that I, they're a little less proven in the Timberwolves, which is kind of why I'm putting them here. Um, but SGA, they have a ton of depth, man. And they're all really, really young, too, which is another reason why I can't justify putting them too high here. But I I kind of like how the Lakers match up with them. I think they have a few different options for SGA. The biggest one probably being Jared Vanderbilt. And I've talked about this a ton, man. But, like, if Vando can become a top 30 screen navigator in the NBA, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it really it really is important. My gosh, man, the Lakers, I, I I would put the Lakers like in tier S, like above the Nuggets, above the Suns, Grizzlies, Timberwolves. I don't care. Jared Vanderbilt is the key to a lot. Like, I, I don't worry about any of these teams or as much about any of these teams if Jared Vanderbilt is an improved screen navigator because against Denver, it's put Jared Vanderbilt on, on Jamal Murray. And when they go two-man game, you can either switch it or you just – have Vando get through the screen, which I, which if he's a top three screen navigator, he will be able to do at that point. If you're facing like the, the Suns or whatever, if it's a Devin Booker ball screen, Vando, go get him. All right. Get through that thing. Golden State, Steph, Vando, you got him. I don't like not just game one. Kings, De'Aaron Fox, you got him, man. Like I, I just, that's going to be so pivotal. So I think, you know, SGA, who's one of the game's best uh, isolation scorers, I think this falls right into the Lakers' laps. Vando, go ahead. You're a top 10 perimeter isolation defender on the planet right now. Go ahead. That's your matchup. And I think AD match is great for Chet, right? I think the Lakers across the board, I don't know if the Thunder have a guy. I mean, they have Lou Dort. But if you try to take LeBron out of the game, I think they have enough firepower with AD, with Austin Reeves, DeAndre Russell, the shooters and the the guys they have off the bench. I'm really, really confident about the uh, potential matchup against the Thunder. I do like that Thunder team a ton, but I think the Lakers are kind of a bad matchup for that Thunder team. Uh, Number four, or excuse me, number 10, it is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans who is also going to end up here amongst this TC tier C of teams in the Western conference. I mean, kind of in the same realm as the warriors where a cup, like if you can guarantee me Zion health, if you can guarantee me Brandon Ingram health, CJ McCollum health, some, you know, upside from guys like Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, those guys continuing their growth and development then okay, then I can maybe put the Pelicans in the tier B, but I just don't have a ton of faith right now in this Pelicans team. They haven't given me a reason to give them any faith or confidence. Um, I think the Lakers, in terms of how they match up with them, I think that 
the off the rebounding battles could be crucial in a potential series. I think Zion and Jonas Valanciunas provides a uh, physicality issue that I'm not sure a, lot, a ton of these teams provide. Maybe outside of uh, Memphis, in terms of just physicality, aggressiveness on the boards, or just attacking the paint uh, at at will, rather, right? I'm not sure if any of these other teams can present that challenge outside of Phoenix, like I mentioned. Um, but I think perimeter-wise, I think, again, the Lakers match up really, really well with the, the Pelicans on the perimeter. I think they have a C.J. McCollum dude defensively. That could be awesome. It could be Max Christie. I think they have a guy for Brandon Ingram. Again, that is Jared Vanderbilt. Just stick him on there and go ahead. Um I think defensively, though, I think the, the, the Pelicans have Herb Jones, they have Trey Murphy, they, they have some decent size and athleticism that I think could make it interesting. But in terms of threat heading into the season, I can't get the Pelicans any like benefit of the doubt because I just, I, I just don't see it, man. I, I I just don't trust them at all. The health, the inconsistencies on the basketball floor, uh, I, I just can't give it to them. And the tier D, I'm sorry, the last team is the Dallas Mavericks. And I, I maybe I'm lower on the Mavs, but they're going to be in tier D with the Kings. This is the team that I feel the most confident about in a playoff series outside of the Sacramento Kings. And here's why. Luka is awesome. And you can make an argument. You can make the argument that Luka Doncic is the second best player in the like in the Western Conference, that's not a Laker outside of Jokic, right? I would probably say Steph, but there's an argument to be made there, right? But I have significant problems or worries about Luka Doncic's off-ball fit next to Kyrie Irving, and I think as long as Luka can't really play off the ball next to another ball dominant player, that's going to severely cap what the Mavericks can do come playoff time. That team's still not going to be good defensively. Uh, they they did their best. They tried to get Rashawn Holmes. They brought in Derek Lively, but less Derek Lively is Rudy Gobert in year one. That defense isn't going to be good. Um, and for that reason, the Mavs are going to be in tier D. So that is the 10 teams, not named the Lakers in the Western Conference. Where do the Lakers rank in the Western Conference? So I broke down the rest of the teams in the West. I broke down how the Lakers kind of match up against all these teams in the West. I think right now the Lakers have to be in tier A with the Denver Nuggets. I think you look at this Lakers roster, it's just running down the the starting five, even the roster. I think the Lakers, they have a 14-man roster right now. I think there are 12 rotation players on this team, and there's going to be some players and some fans are going to be kind of upset when Darvin Ham rolls out his rotations come October 24th, opening night against the Nuggets. We have D'Lo, you have Austin, Braun, Ruby, AD, Gabe Vincent, Max Christie, Torian Prince, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, or Ruby, whichever one I didn't say. Uh, Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish. You have 12 dudes that can all play rotation-level minutes in a playoff series even. I, I think even Cam, a guy like a Cam Reddish has shown that he can play Big-time minutes in a playoff series. Jackson Hayes, I think, is going to have moments where the Lakers are going to have to rely upon him. And as you guys will see in the coming rotation builds, I mean, the Lakers are going to have to find ways to squeeze some Jackson Hayes minutes in there, and I think they will. 
Um, but as of right now, I think they are in the same tier amongst uh, with the, the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets, who, like I said, I think the Nuggets right now kind of have to be the favorites. But I think the Nuggets might kind of joke around in the in the regular season or kind of take their foot off the gas or just kind of play the, eh, we'll get to the playoffs healthy, right? And we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But I really do think the Nuggets got slightly worse. And I think the Lakers got better to where the Lakers are on the Nuggets level. And the Nuggets were kind of deep last year. They were deeper last year than they are now for sure because – Nugget fans are going to try to come in here and say, well, they only played seven, eight deep in the playoffs. But the Nuggets were a deeper team last year than they are this year. And the Lakers are a significantly deeper team this year than they were last year. Add in healthy LeBron, add in healthy AD. I think the Lakers are on the Nuggets level. And one of the two teams that uh, can easily represent the Western Conference, which it's kind of crazy that the Lakers, I want to say, had the fourth best betting odds to come out of the West uh, at like plus 1,400. So if you're a betting person, I know I'm not Mark, but if you're a betting person, plus 1,400 for the Lakers to represent the West seems like pretty good odds, in my opinion. Uh, tier B is the Suns, Grizzlies, and Timberwolves. Kind of recap. The Suns give me worry if they can be a top 15 defense. If the Suns are the top 15 defense, then my worry for them drops significantly and also can DeAndre and get back to playing quality basketball. Um, the Grizzlies, I, I still think we match up well with them, but they bring a physicality and rim pressure that I'm not sure a bunch of these teams kind of provide. So they're kind of unique in that way. And it's going to be a physical series. If you guys recall how last year, last year's uh, first round matchup went. And then the Timberwolves, I'm going to give them some benefit of the doubt. Not even benefit of the doubt, just projection here and project that the Anthony Edwards year four leap or continued leap, if you will, happens. And that Chris Finch, who I do think is a smart basketball mind, gets that Rudy Gobert cat fit, you know, together in, in a sense. And if that's the case, I think they could be an interesting challenge for the Lakers because of the defensive chess pieces they have, particularly with Jada McDaniels, hell, even Ant, and then Rudy Gobert. So that would be interesting for the Lakers. I think the Lakers obviously are a tier above them right now. And then tier C, you have a bunch of teams I'm like, okay, they provide some challenges, but I'm not all that concerned about them. I think I would pick the Lakers fairly comfortably in the series against all these teams. That's the Clippers, the Warriors, the Thunder, and the Pelicans. The Clippers, the thing that kind of scared you off a few years ago was they had all the wing depth. Kawhi and PG were still arguably at the peak of their powers. Ty Lue was a great head coach, or he still is a great head coach. But um, the Clippers, like the Lakers have equal wing depth, if not better wing depth now. Uh, Kawhi's still, when he's healthy, a really, really damn good player. But I think the Clippers have more injury concerns than they like to let on. And I just I don't think they deserve the benefit of the doubt. The Warriors, like I mentioned at length, if you can guarantee me that the starting five is Steph, Clay, Wiggs, Draymond, Looney, okay, they're tier B. But from what it sounds like, they're going to start Chris Paul, and I just can't justify putting them above uh, this tier right here. The Thunder, I have a ton of question marks about their matchup with the Lakers. Uh, because they are super, super young. I don't know how they're going to like particularly stop the Lakers. 
And then tier uh, also is the Pelicans. And just to reiterate, th- these are tiers based off of like how co- how concerned am I about potential Lakers versus X matchups? Like the Timberwolves are in tier B for me in terms of how con- potentially concerned I am about a potential playoff matchup with them. And then tier D is the Kings and the Mavs. These are the two teams that the Lakers face the Mavs or the Lakers face the Kings today or tomorrow. Rather, I would have zero, little to zero concern about the outcome of that series. That's how confident I am. That's no disrespect to the Aaron Fox, no disrespect to Luca, no disrespect to Kyrie, but I just don't think there's enough firepower um, to kind of balance out the fact that both of these teams are going to have really, really bad defenses this year. Um, and both teams, I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be able to rebound at a high enough level against this Lakers squad. But Lakers Asian, that is going to be a wrap on the teams in the Western Conference and what, kind of where the Lakers fit in right now in the West and uh, who the Lakers, in my opinion, are, should be the most concerned about in a potential playoff series. But let me know in the comments down below, what are your thoughts on my list and rankings and as always, like Nation, stay safe. See you guys next time. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.